Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dependasplaining, the podcast. I am Jen. I am Veronica. <laughs> hey, Veronica. Hi, Jen. How are you? Oh, you know, just slowly losing my mind, but... Yeah, I, I see that. Here we are. Words, the way your words were trying to get organized, they were not. They, they were not. It's like Yoda <laughs> in his words. Mm-hmm. I, but they don't make sense. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's mm-hmm. okay. My brain is scrambled. I know. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's Thursday. We're ready for Friday. And then here Sunday night, ready to go to bed and wake up early and start all over again. This week, like, flew by, though. Did to it? Me, to me, it did. I don't did know. it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's good though. Yeah. It was um I guess I was busy. I cannot sit on the couch. And I and I messaged you earlier. I said I'm trying to get up off the couch cuz I seriously like sat down and I was so comfortable and I think that like subconsciously I avoid that throughout the entire day. So I can't sit down. As soon as I like sit down, I like bounce back up and start doing something else. I'll be like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. Yep. So today I yep. was like, I'm going to sit down. And then I was like, I can't get up. I can't get up off the couch. Yes. I should yes. just stay there and take a nap this afternoon because I'm worn out. It was like 90 degrees here today with like a thousand percent humidity. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that. It's, it's so exhausting that sun that sun that beats down on you and you're just hot and sweaty and energy is gone the boob sweat is real people oh yeah it's real yeah yes swamp ass but on the boobs swamp boob swamp boob swamp boob Mm -hmm. holy cow yeah Mm -hmm. it's so bad i need to like stick some something in there to soak it up (laughs) because right walking around yesterday and I was like, it's really humid. It's really hot. And my boobs are, they're just upset. They're very upset right now, along with the rest of my body. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I came home and I showered. And I said, I'm not moving. I'm not moving again. And then, of course, I can't stay still. And I'm just up and doing stuff. Just need to calm down. Yeah. You just, you don't want to keep moving because you know you're going to start sweating again. And then you just have to shower again because yeah. it's gross. Well, in the house, I was, I was fine. I was comfortable. Like, it, it's cool in here. But outside, yeah. I was like, I don't want to go outside. And then I feel so guilty because all I did in England was complain about the weather and saying, like, I just want to be I in the know, sunshine. Right? I just want to be in the warm <laughs> weather. And here I am. And it's like, can we just, like, knock it down, like, five degrees and then we're good? Like, just right? turn down the humidity to, like, a five because we're at an 11 right now. But it's okay. Yes. It's okay. I'm thankful. I am. I don't think that I'm not. I'm very thankful for sunshine and good, decent weather. It's been raining, like, every single day, but it only rains for, like, five minutes and then it's gone and then the sun's back out mm-hmm. and it looks like it didn't even rain. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're supposed to be it's coming good. up on It waters too. my... Yeah, it waters my plants. I have aloe vera in pots out front, so oh. it waters all that for me. Nice. And I don't have to remember to do it. Sure, sure. Gotcha. What's new with you? Mm. 
well, <laughs> nothing, you no. know? Think about it. No, there's not really a whole lot going on here. Same no. old, same old. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, I got my vaccine last Friday. Nice. How'd yes. you feel? So I got my vaccine in like late morning. It was like 11. And I felt fine for the rest of the day. I got the Johnson & Johnson because that's all they were offering. And I was like, it's one mm-hmm. and done. Like, we're good. And I felt fine all day, nothing. And then, like, around 7.30, I started feeling kind of tired. And I was like, eh, it's Friday night. It's pretty normal that I'm tired. And by, like, 8 o'clock, I put the kids to bed, and I was like, my head's starting to hurt. And so I took a Tylenol, and I went to bed. And I probably slept for a couple hours, and then I was up tossing and turning. And I had a fever and a headache, and I just could not get comfortable in bed. And I was like had body chills and I was really sweaty and I was really cold and I was turning up the AC and then getting under the cover. I just could not regulate my temperature. It was bad. And then I woke up because I was in and out. And then around four o'clock in the morning, I got up and I was like, I'm going to take another Tylenol and drink some milk. So I like chug, not milk. (laughs) Milk was a bad choice and not milk, water. (laughs) (laughs) No, I drank, I like chugged water and then I fell back asleep and then at like seven, my daughter came in and she snuggled with me and I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel better. And I started like perking up and I still felt really tired. And then Kyle came home and he's asking me how I was doing. I said, I feel fine, but I'm really tired. He's like, I'm going to take the kids down to the beach so you can rest. And I was like, okay. So I saw them because I could see them from the balcony and they were like in the water and the water was like nice and clear and blue. And I was like, that water looks fucking refreshing right now. And I was like, I'm so hot. Like my body, I was just hot. Like I still had a bit of a temperature. And yeah. I was like put my swimsuit on. I was like, I'm just going to tough it out and I'm going to go down there. And I went down there and I was playing with the kids and I felt a lot better, still really tired. And I played in the water with the kids and I it was really nice and refreshing and then showered and then just laid on the couch for the rest of the day and watched movies. And that is the story of my Friday and Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, you well, know Well that's good. It felt fine. yeah, it was and it was fine. My arm was a little sore, and that was about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well maybe maybe the Johnson and Johnson one is is a little bit more of a milder um after effect yeah. side effect whatever they want to call it maybe they have just a little bit more mild milder symptoms than yeah than the double dose so that's good though that's good that you were i mean you were only down for a part of the day and you're good for pretty much all of saturday so yeah i was really worried it's like friday night was rough yeah, but I'm, but I'm thankful that it was overnight and my kids were already asleep. Yeah. Because I was like, man, what if I'm not feeling well and I'm, you know, I feel bad when it's just me with the kids because Kyle was at work. But then he came home yeah. as soon as he could. As soon as he got a, a off shift, he came home right away. He usually, like, lingers around the fire station. I don't know. I don't know what he does. <laughs> but he came home right away. <laughs> and he's like, I'll take the kids to the beach. And, yeah, I mean, and it was fine. It was it's fine. I feel fine. I'm. I feel fine. I'm excited for what this Good. vaccine can bring to the world and to everybody. I'm just waiting. Yes. 
for some regulations to change a little bit. I do like that. It's like now they're saying the CDC says you you don't have to wear a mask anymore unless you're inside a building. And I was like, well, what what has changed? <laughs> I was like, I'm not. I don't understand. So fully vaccinated. So fully vaccinated people, and as long as you're two weeks after your your vaccination, you um at least you don't have to wear a mask like inside or outside anymore it's yeah. your choice they highly recommend that you do it just because you know you don't know what's around you or who is around you or what you know and you can because you can still spread it you mm-hmm. know you still mm-hmm. you can still get it you can still spread it even being vaccinated it's just that it's milder and all More that but um yeah i mean they've they've lessened the restrictions out here too. I mean, it's the same, like, you know, going to the BX, the commissary, anywhere, mm-hmm. you're fully vaccinated. You don't have to wear, you don't have to wear your mask inside. I got to see people's faces. Yeah. It's weird. We still have to hear per the Japanese government. We right. Still have and to. it's, it, yeah, it's based on what the, you know, your con- the country you're in, the mm-hmm. governing, whatever. And yeah, also, on, yeah. you know, when you're on base, what the, the wing commander, the base commander, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. is, says as well. So Yeah. I know Kyle was saying that at work they don't have to wear the mask uh, unless they work with, like, a local national, which he does. And he told me, he's like, if I'm in my mm-hmm. office, I don't have to wear it unless somebody, a local national walks in because they're not vaccinated or if somebody who's unvaccinated comes in as well he's like then i have to put on my mask i was like okay <laughs> it's like it's not that you've been breathing the air in that office and circulating it you know it's not going to go away as soon as you put on that mask but okay whatever. yeah it's you know yeah it's like at this point i feel like it's just the placebo effect but sure okay it, yeah <laughs> i you know masks it is what it is they suck but here we are over a year, well, it's been like a whole year now since like masks were really like fully enforced when we were mm-hmm. in England, at least. I know it's gonna be really weird walking into like the commissary and seeing people's faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is. It's super strange. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, Good it was them. so weird when it first happened, having to wear masks. I was like, I remember, like, I about had a panic attack one time. At the at the commissary, be like, I can't see people's faces. Like this is concerning to me. And now it's so normal. Like even with my children, they get in the car and they put on their mask. I was like, you don't have to wear the mask in the car. Like it's just me. <laughs> so yeah, it's really it's really funny. But we'll see what this brings. I f- I find it funny when I. S- see people driving in their cars especially when they're by themselves and they're wearing a mask yeah yeah it's like (laughs) i get it's probably one of those people that wear it so often that don't even realize they have it on so i mean it's like me are you in the car you don't realize you have your mask on or are you just wearing it for for funsies is it yeah is it fun for you now because i swear i when i pull up to the gate and i put my mask on and show my id as soon as they wave me through and i start to pull out my pull my mask off right away i was yeah. like nah 
I don't want this on anymore. I don't... I don't wear my mask coming through the gate. I know. I was just told I didn't have to do that anymore. So we were, like, regulated and enforced. And down at the other base, too, they highly enforce it, especially for everyone in the car. Mm -hmm. Every person in the car has to wear one. And it's just... It's super frustrating. But, yeah, I... I, like, didn't believe I had a friend in the car with me. And she's like, yeah, they, you don't have to wear your mask through the gate anymore. And I was like, what? Are you sure? She's like, yeah, try it. Try it. And I was like, I feel like you're making me do something illegal now. I feel like (laughs) Like, it's kind of hazardous to go through the gate with your mask on because it's like you either have to put your mask on when you leave your house or you're going to be fumbling around for it as you're pulling up to the gate. I was like, that's, and that's me. That's kind of dangerous, right? <laughs> it's like you're trying to put it on yep. one-handed. So yep. I have never – I on occasion, I will put it on just because, like, if I'm wearing, like, the gator-type ones, I'll just pull it over my face. But usually they don't say anything. So Yeah. I yeah, did, they didn't say anything. I did get breathalyzed the other day, and that was very exciting. Because I've never been breathalyzed in my life. Yes, it was very exciting. I got held up at the gate trying to exit base. And I was like, what is going on? And then finally it was my turn. I pulled up and the girl was like, I need you to blow in here as hard as you can for as long as you can. And I was like, what? I was like, this is exciting. She's like, don't put your lips on it. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I blew into it. and it, It like clicked. And then she's like, okay, you're good. And I was like... I haven't had anything to eat all day. I'm excited to <laughs> to do this. Like, <laughs> so, and then people like posted all over Facebook. Oh, they're breathalyzing at this gate or whatever. It's like, why are you telling people? Why? Yeah. It's like when you warn people about the speed traps or like cop up ahead. Traps, be like, yes. if you're going fast, you deserve to get ticketed. Don't be warning people yes. just to slow down for that one spot. Yes. In my opinion, anyways. Sorry. <laughs> what do you guys think to our listeners? Should you be warned that there is a cop ahead or there is um, a speed trap or a breathalyzer? Or would you rather be pleasantly surprised? I want to know what our listeners think. You can email us at dependisplaining at gmail.com or leave us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or let us know on your listening platform. So Apple iTunes, you can leave us a comment. And don't forget to rate us. All of that for your answers to the breathalyzer slash speed traps. That's what I want to know. That's a good one to know. I think that's kind of like a, a what? An unpopular opinion, you know? Yeah. Get ready to listen. Are you ready for my story? Yes, I am so ready for your story. Okay. All right. So my story today is kind of short, but it's it's good, interesting. So here we go. I got most of my information from a website called War is Boring, <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> And I got some uh, footage from YouTube with some commentators. Um, so my story today is the Ramstein Flutog of 88. On the afternoon of August 28, 1988, a crowd of 350,000 spectators have gathered to watch the annual air show. 
The weather is perfect, sunny, warm, it's great uh, for an outdoor gathering. So this air show has taken place at Ramstein uh, Air Base since the early 1950s and was open to the public. Uh, so you always had like a mixture of American service members and their families or civilian personnel and their families. And then uh, since it was open to the public, a lot of German citizens, uh, West German at the time, um, and they were all anticipating the show that never disappointed. It was just exciting to see all the airplanes and stuff. So the air show was always a great opportunity for like community and fundraisers. And as people, they would sit in like the people would set up like booths, food stalls, food trucks, ice cream trucks. Um, you know, the drill, like when they set up the booster club stuff. So all that. And it brought in a lot yes. of traffic and people were willing to spend money uh, while watching the show. And although some of the German locals had protested against the show, claiming it brought in too much traffic into these lovely small villages, too much noise and the potential for a disaster, they were just worried about the safety of these very low, at times, low-flying aircraft. So, the show is going great, right? All of the performances were on time, everything is just running smoothly and people are gearing up for the for like the grand finale the grand finale is the elite aerobatics team of the italian air force they formed back in like the in 1960 and they are very very popular in these air shows so the frecce tricolore or the uh, tricolor arrows they are Flying uh, Mackay MB339As. It's a small single engine jet trainers painted with green, white, and red stripes over dark blue backgrounds. Now, the Frecce Tricolori were known for their risky maneuvers and the crowd ate it up. Their pierced heart maneuver was the crowd favorite. So in the, the article that I read, they refer to these particular aircraft as a pony um, or ponies. And that's how I will be referring to them as well, just to make it easier. So I don't have to say the name of the aircraft because they were all the same. So I'm just going to refer to them as pony. At 1540, so 340 in the afternoon, for those of you that don't know military time, <laughs> the Tricolori takes off. Uh, to perform. So the pierced heart maneuver that will have all 10 ponies flying in formation close to the ground. This is what they're going to do. So they're all together and then in a swooping upward motion towards the sky, the 10 ponies abruptly split apart. Five ponies roll to the left and four roll to the right, each in a V formation uh, or each V formation, excuse me, leaves trailing smoke that will form a heart when the two groups pass each other just 100 feet above the ground, parallel to the airstrip. So can you picture that? Oh, wow. They're flying. Yeah. So they're, all 10 of them are flying. They shoot up, and then they split apart into a V formation, and they kind of fly upside down and around and then meet to meet and intersect at the bottom parallel to the what is the runway excuse me and so they make a heart they leave a heart trail 
So the last pony, number 10, because as I mentioned, there was 10 ponies and only five, uh, five took off to one side and four took off to the other. So the one pony, the last pony, number 10, he's being, it's being, sorry, it's being piloted by Lieutenant Colonel Ivo Nutarelli. He begins a straight roll oriented towards the crowd. So he actually, when he pulled away from the crowd or from the, from the other ponies, he pulled back. Instead of going left or right, he went backwards. So he's going to do oh. the piercing of the heart. He begins a straight roll oriented towards the crown. His job, the trickiest in this maneuver, is to pierce the heart by soaring through the two intersecting groups at a perpendicular angle and overfly the, or overfly, uh, the crowd. So he's going to pass above the crowd. Nutarelli is 38. He's an experienced pilot, having performed the pierced heart maneuver 70 times already. So he knew it. His timing was in, was his it was impeccable, and he just knew it. He knew it very well. So yeah. this day, though, would be much different. Naturelli's Naturelli's plane flies up higher than expected, then dives down too fast. Naturelli does what he can to slow his descent but below him as as rehearsed uh the the two formations thread through each other just as planned every all the other planes did it just fine they're on time so they're just like 130 feet above the ground completing the heart figure and the crowd is super excited because they're gonna be like here comes the other guy he's gonna pierce right through it fly right over the crowd it's gonna be awesome however Naturelli does everything he can to slow down his his diving plane. He is like plunging towards them. So his plane is designed to withstand a maximum of seven times the normal pressure of gravity. It pulls 10 Gs as he yanks up on the control stick, but he is now flying too fast, too low, and intersects the formation too soon. So... At 1544, so just four minutes after takeoff, um, Naturelli pierces the intersecting formation. He hits pony number two, which is piloted by Captain Giorgio Alessio, smashing the cockpit and killing him instantly. Alessio's plane disintegrates in midair, spraying burning metal, uh, metal parts across the airstrip below. Pony number three and pony number five Flying next to him are riddled with fragment of debris, but the pilots manage to keep their planes under control. Um, and they, like, take off. They take off away from everything. Yeah. The impact causes the fuselage of Naturelli's jet to careen into pony number one, shattering its tail. It was being flown by Lieutenant Colonel Mario Naldini, who was set the, or who was at the head of the group, of the left group. So the impact smashes the front of Naturelli's plane, killing him and sending his plane cartwheeling in flames across the sky. Naldini manages to eject, but he is too close to the ground and for his parachute to open and he is killed when his body strikes the runway. Uh, So now pony number one slams into the runway with pony number two not far behind. Pony number one, which is now pilotless because um, that's the guy who ejected, mm-hmm. slams into the ground while traveling hundreds of miles per hour. It's momentum carrying 
carrying it like hundreds of meter, meters, trailing a massive ball of fire into the parked, into a parked helicopter. The helicopter is a UH-1 uh, medical evacuation, so it's a it's a Black Hawk. Yeah, it's a medical evacuation helicopter parked on the strip with the crew of seven standing on alert in case anything goes wrong. Oh my god! Isn't that crazy that it hit the one aircraft that could help them in case something goes wrong? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they are all severely burned, um, including the pilot, Captain Kim. Kim Strader, he died 20 days later on Saturday, 17 September 1988 at Brooks Army Medical Center in Texas from burns he suffered in the accident. Now, Naturelli's flaming aircraft hurtles towards the crown. It's still going towards the crowd. This is just in like seconds. This is like a matter of like, I think it all happened within like seven seconds of the crash. Wow. So... It's going towards the crowd, carried by its momentum, and it's spinning, you know, it's still like cartwheeling in the air, and the jet is nearly belly up when its left wing tip slams into a grassy field just 50 meters short of the front row of spectators. So it's stopped. The nearly 300 gallons of jet fuel in it in its tank ignite, releasing a, a wave, like a tsunami wave of fire. The blazing wreck plows onward, demolishing a police car and smashing through a barbed wire fence into the crowd. It finally skids to a stop as it upends an ice cream truck. The triggered This triggered the ejection seat in the aircraft, which then launched the pilot's body onto the ice cream truck. Oh, no. Yeah. Whoa. The crowd begins to run away from the expanding cloud of fire and smoke. Then many turn around and run back into the flames to search for their loved ones. Many of them children who were near the front to catch a better view of the show, which was just breaks my heart. Breaks, breaks my heart. Now, the way the airplane crashed in the area, it crashed. There were so many food trucks and uh, refrigerator trucks like the ice cream trucks and stuff like that. It took a lot it took the brunt of the of the explosion and the and the um crash so it did less than it was supposed to like it the disaster could have been bigger if it wasn't for these trucks but i mean it's still pretty bad yeah okay so firefighters are on the scene with 2 minute within 2 minutes and then within 7 minutes the first of a nearly a dozen american and german rescue helicopters land and begin picking up the hundreds of men and women injured. But the base, but the air base is not prepared for a mass casualty event. There are failures in coordination and communication across the board. It was, it was just a lot of, they didn't know what to do, where to go, how to handle this. And then the U.S. military transports injured victims without providing first aid on site. Many injured are carried away on civilian motor vehicles and they're wandering around randomly in, like, into in nearby regional hospitals and German ambulances eventually arrive to respond to the disaster. But the base security initially, like, they refused to let them inside, which this really frustrated me. It was really frustrating to hear it. It's like, you have a disaster on base. You have the German the German ambulances that are coming in to help not only the American Americans on base, but their own German citizens that attended the show, and they're yeah. not letting them in. But eventually they do. But, I mean, they probably could have done a little bit more, a little bit faster. Yeah. So... 
the people people load up the injured onto their own vehicles, take them to medical centers. It was reported that uh, that along like in in route to some of the hospitals, they passed more injured who were just walking to get help, and they were they had like singed clothing or like sagging burnt skin. Everyone, you know, they're screaming in agony. It was just massive chaos. It was awful. Shrapnel and debris killed around 31 spectators on the spot and injured around 1,000. Ultimately, 16 more people will die from the uh, severe burns over the next several weeks. Hundreds of spectators were badly burned and thousands were traumatized. Uh, Therapy groups for survivors were organized and they met for decades afterwards. So the chapel had offered support for those uh, survivors or family members of those that were killed or injured. Okay, so in total, 70 people died. The handling of the emergency was highly criticized due to its lack of coordination. This led to major improvements and technical upgrades in order to prevent this from happening again. Furthermore, air shows are banned for the next three years after this disaster. It isn't until 2012 into the Berlin, um, for the Berlin Air Show that elaborate or risky maneuvers are allowed once again. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. And then the Ramstein disaster resulted in major safety reforms to future air shows, leading to regulations requiring the performing aircraft to re- uh, remain much further away from the crowd and avoid performing maneuvers oriented directly towards the audience. The group therapy session improvised by the survivors of the disaster became a model for future emergency counseling uh, interventions in response to traumatic incidents. There is a memorial on site to commemorate those who lost their lives with their names. And that is the story of the Ramstein air disaster of 1988. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was um very interesting. I did see one gentleman who is now a chaplain says he was there when it happened. I believe he was he was young, mm-hmm. maybe like in high school, had just graduated, and he was scooping ice cream, and he walked away with his friends, and he heard it. He heard it all happen, and he said he left because he's like I was just getting out of the way of the emergency response teams that were going to come help. So it's like that's that stayed with him. It stays with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It always, those air shows, like, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. Yeah. Especially when they're doing, like, yeah, crazy stunts like that. It's a little, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little unnerving just to watch. I mean, they're very cool in how they can do all that with an airplane. But, I mean, I still get a little nervous just flying in in a commercial airplane. So, yeah, I couldn't imagine. (laughs) Yeah. All that around you, you know, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that has to be seriously traumatizing to see an airplane coming at you. Uh, it, it yeah, just, to watch it. Yeah. To, yeah, to watch this show that you came to see and then disaster strikes and then more disasters striking because it's coming right at you. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what you're looking at. It was like the... When the people went to see the Challenger, yeah, the Challenger take off, and the families were in the stands, and then they see that it's like I don't, I don't, what's happening? Like, what am I looking at right now? Yep, yep. That's so scary. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Like, I mean, you can picture it in your head, but oh man. 
Ooh. There is footage on YouTube, but it's really, uh, <laughs> I mean, the footage, it's, it's, it's got a lot of angles because a lot of people had the, like their own home, cam like their camcorders. So it's got a lot of angles and you see a lot of how it happened and dissections of why it happened, how it happened. And it was just timing. It was just error, operator error. It was really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, but again, I mean, it's so hard because it's like so many people uh, traumatized, hurt, or lost their lives, but they were able to use that as like a training to be able to improve future mm -hmm. air shows, which is good, but I hate... It's always like, uh, it has to take something like this for a change to happen. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, yes. in any situation. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, this was like the the biggest, most destructive um, air show disaster up until like July of two thousand two, when there was like a Ukrainian air force air, aircraft. Sorry, couldn't think of the name that had a uh, turn at a very low altitude and it and it crashed into the airfield into a crowd of spectators and it killed seventy seven people. Oh wow! So that was in the Ukraine. So, yep. Very tragic. Very, very, very tragic. Oh, that's crazy. So if you're at Ramstein, go pay your respects to this site, and now you know the story behind it. Yeah, now you know. Thank you, Veronica. Yeah, thank you for listening. Of you're course. Welcome. That's what I'm here for every week. I love listening <laughs> to your stories. All of them. <laughs> what do you have for us? Are you wearing a Bayside Tigers t-shirt? No. <laughs> no, it's uh, Arizona oh. Wildcats. <laughs> oh, I said Bayside Tigers. <laughs> no. Though I wish. I know, right? Where can I get one of those? Bayside Tigers. Yeah. Someone tell us. Someone tell us where you can get that. Someone send me a Bayside Tigers t-shirt or like the Max t-shirt. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, we can't be friends. Yeah, you're too young for us. But continue to listen for me. <laughs> continue to listen because we love you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody knows what what Saved by the Bell is. I mean, I would hope so by now. Does that does that show still stand the test of time? It, it, do you think it should? <laughs> I mean, come on, it should. It is a staple. Remember. Remember the caffeine pills episode? Oh God! I'm so excited. Yes, I that one's. I'm so scared. That one is most memorable. Memorable to me. I mean, you know me and is it movies and stuff. I can hardly remember what I've watched like two days ago. But that one, I don't know yeah. what it is, but I remember that one very well. Very well. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> over the top. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this week, I just have some fun little military trivia facts is what it's called but we're okay. not really doing trivia, trivia. but i can't ask oh, you boo. i might ask you some okay. questions so be ready okay <laughs> i love it i love trivia i love challenging my brain i know so dave and i will do that on like long road trips when we are in england if we were in the car for Same. long amounts of time yeah. i would just look up any kind of trivia and i would just ask him the questions for him to answer so it was fun yeah. It's very entertaining. Mm -hmm. It's a good time. It's a good time, people. Try it. Give it a go. Give it a go. All right. So these are just uh, facts 
from the different branches. I got this information on the USO website. Some of them I might skip through. Some are, uh, some are kind of funny and yeah, here we go. So interesting fact, 31 of 45 of the 45 men who have served as president of the United States have served in the military. Really? Yes. One U.S. president, Theodore Roosevelt, even received the Medal of Honor. Wow. And only one, also only one of those men, uh, who was James Buchanan, never became an officer. Oh. So all the rest were officers, and he was the only one that did not become an officer oh very interesting see this is what i always say i'm like this should be a requirement to become president and it's you have you should have served for your country yeah i mean it can be even a short amount of time it doesn't have to be a career thing but to even get your foot into it and know and understand the military side of things i mean you are commander-in-chief by then for as a president so you should you should know more but i agree 100 (laughs) percent Who am I to say these things as a dependent? Yeah, no. I vote for you, Jen, for president. I vote for you for president. You are my president. We should. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one vote for me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was Jen. My children are too young to vote or else they'd vote for me too. Exactly. I would get, I would have my children vote for you. You would be my, you you would be my candidate. I will be your running manager, your political manager. My running. Oh, okay. Whatever that is. I'll promote you. um, Oh, okay. Why don't you plug me? (laughs) I'll plug you. Rate your, rate and subscribe (laughs) to your president. (laughs) President Veronica. Rate and subscribe from your presidential platforms. There you go. Whatever your presidential platforms are that you Yeah, whatever see. your preferences. Make sure you rate and subscribe. Five mm-hmm. stars. Five stars. <laughs> we like it. Especially Veronica. Both for Veronica. Yes. Both for Veronica. <laughs> um, so a roof stomp is an Air Force tradition where airmen welcome new commanders or celebrate special occasions by banging on the commander's roof, windows, and doors. I feel like I've heard that before. I've never heard that before. It, I was like, what? It's So it says the then the commander opens the door to welcome in the group for refreshments. I knew huh. this. That's... I just learned this actually before we left England. Yeah? Yes, because there was like um, the, the, the CE commander. We were at, I was at his house for something. And they were having, like, a party next door. And I feel like his wife explained that to me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, that's, cool, cool, cool. That's really cool. I, I'd never heard of that before. I'd never even seen it. But if you see it now, now you will understand. Or yeah. if your active duty um, spouse participates, now you'll understand what what's going on. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, let's see. Johnny Cash, Morgan Freeman, and James Stewart are just a handful of the celebrities who have served as airmen. And we know this because also we covered some celebrities in, in the military. So you guys know. We did. You guys know. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's something. I don't know if everyone knows this, but at least people in the Air Force know. Every March, airmen participate in Mustache March. 
Yay. It's it's the worst month of my life, people. It's the worst it's month. It's the worst. But it does have a purpose, and it's they grow mustaches in honor of Air Force legend and triple ace Brigade General Robin Olds. So, whoever that is, and whatever if he did. Grow mas- if you can grow a mustache, <laughs> unlike my husband... <laughs> but I don't like it. I don't. Mm-mm. I don't like it. I don't I'm not a fan. make out with that. No, don't. I can't. Mm-mm. Yeah. I speak for every Dependa yeah. out there. We don't like your mustaches chafing my upper lip. No. Thank it's you. Gross. This has been I, a PSA. It's by nice. Your you know, it's nice, Veronica. There you go. See, <laughs> first step already. Yeah. I like it. It's nice that they are honoring somebody, but also. Do it in another way. Uh, apparently, I saw. I think I saw a picture earlier. He had a very nice stash, so that's probably why. Can we just hand out, like, stick-on mustaches as you're right. walking through the gate? Be like, you get a mustache? Right. Just stick it under your nose and Those you're ones good. are soft. You're good to go. They're yeah. soft. So They're made from uh, soft goose feathers <laughs> or, you know, and they're dyed in the most natural colors you can find. In berries. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially that salt and pepper look, too, though. Don't forget it. Oh, if you want the salt and pepper look, we can surely arrange that, too. Mm-hmm. Make For you sure. look distinguished. <laughs> yes. Distinguished. Yeah. I like it. That's a mm-hmm. great idea. See? Veronica, she's already yeah. got plans. We're ready. I have plans. Veronica 2024. There you go. I am Veronica, and I approve this <laughs> ad. <laughs> You can only find it on Dependisplaining. Continue to listen, yeah. and you'll have more yeah. ads. For your future updates of my presidential election exactly. in 2024, continue to listen. <laughs> it's going to happen, people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right on. Here we are. There you are. There you are. There we are. Uh, let's see. Fewer than 100 people have received the title of Honorary Marine. The title of Honorary Marine can only be bestowed by the uh, Commandant of the Marine Corps. In order of seniority, the list of Honorary Marine <laughs> Marines include... Oh my god, this is great. So in order of seniority, so like topist... Uh, topist. Oh my god, Jen. Topist? Topist. The most tippity-topist of them all. Tippity-top-top-top. Tippity-top. Here we go. So the very, um, whatever, here we go. Chuck Norris. And in quotes, it's, yeah. or in uh, parentheses, it says, the rank is unknown, but also it's unneeded because it's Chuck Norris. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and then there's uh, Brigade General Bob Hope and Master Sergeant Bugs Bunny. Really? Excuse me? What? Um. Like the like the cartoon? I don't know. Unless somebody's name is Bugs Bunny. But he's also a okay. master sergeant. So um oh, Corporal Jim Neighbors. Oh, the star of Gomer Pyle. Okay. Okay. And then Gary Sinise. I don't know who that is either. Sinise. Thank you. Gary Sinise. It's Lieutenant Dan. Oh, okay, thank you. This is yeah. my problem. I don't know people by name. I just know them by characters <laughs> or pictures. Okay. Yeah, he cool. he does so much for the troops. Oh, he's that's he's awesome. He's a great person. Yeah. I love that. That reminds me of, oh, what's his name? Dang it. 
He's always in Adam Sandler movies. He's the one that um, volunteers as a firefighter, too. Oh, uh, Steve Buscemi. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, fun fact, only female Marines are authorized to carry umbrellas while in uniform. Really? Yeah. Can they carry it for the man? Like, be like, hey, I'll share my umbrella with you. I mean, maybe. it's. I think it's as long as it's the female. As long huh. as it's the female. Typical. Get your own damn umbrella. <laughs> like, get your own damn purse. Stop handing me everything that you don't want in your pocket. Seriously. Kyle. Seriously. Can you hold my phone? Yeah. We hold the car Can keys. Can you hold my phone? My car keys? Here's some circle money. So annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. Bring a fanny pack if that's what you need. Mm-hmm. Fanny pack, bum bag, however you wish to call them. Get your own. So, interesting. Uh, before World War II, the Army's uh, 45th Infantry Division wore a swastika patch on their left shoulders oh. in honor of Native Americans. Oh, I don't interesting. Think- I don't think that would go well now. No. <laughs> um, they changed it to a Thunderbird in the late 1930s. So, Why very, a swastika? I don't know. That's an interesting hmm. uh, symbol. I know that in, uh, I want to say Buddhist, in the Buddhist, like, in the Buddhist religion. I don't know if I'm seeing it correctly. I apologize. But this, it also has a swastika, but it's facing in a different direction. Hmm. Okay. So it means something differently. Cause I remember being at a cemetery once and seeing that on a gravestone and thinking, like, it was a very big symbol. And I just thought, like, that's odd. And I had to look it up. And I was like, oh, okay, now I understand. But it faces the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. It's, still, it's still odd to see, you know? But, but I mean... They all have, yeah, they have different meanings, so mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, trivia question for you. Yes. Ready? Give it to Wh- me. Yes. Which is older, the Army or the United States? Oh, shit. Hang on. Which is older, the Army or the United States? I feel like I should know this. I'm going to say the Army. <gasps> ding, 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 ding. You are correct. Yay. Yeah. I just learned this yeah. today. The Army was formed only a year before... The United States became the United States. So in 1775, the Continental yeah. Army was formed, and then the Continental Army. I feel like I talked about this in a previous episode. I think you might have, because you know we yeah. talked about covered wagons and such, and so covered we talked wagons. about all kinds of stuff. The Oregon Trail, yeah, and how we all died of dysentery, always, and how we lost a wheel. Oh, that damn river! <laughs> you never know how yeah, deep it is. Different. Yeah, and all the bison died. <laughs> Your meat spoiled. <laughs> Sorry. Meat all gross. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, okay. Here. This is for Navy. It's called The Legend of Bill the Goat. Did you say goat or ghost? Oh, goat. Sorry. Not that goat. excited. Goat. Like the animal. Okay. Meh. Goat. Um, <laughs> Bill the Goat has been the Naval Academy mascot since the early 1900s. Legend has it that a Navy ship once kept a goat as a pet, but on the way back to port, the goat died. Two ensigns were entrusted to have the goat stuffed, but were distracted by a Naval Academy football game. One of the ensigns allegedly dressed up in the goat skin. What? what? No. 
and pranced no. around at halftime. The crowd loved it, and the Navy won the game. What? <laughs> it got weirder and weirder. That what? <laughs> Navy. Why? I have a lot of questions, guys. Can someone confirm or deny that for us, please? Anybody out there that's listening to us? That's Navy, Navy related. Let us know because that's super weird. So I mm-hmm. want to know if it's true. I really hope it's true just for my own entertainment. So I need some confirmation. Interesting. <laughs> huh. Yeah. That's, that's so funny. weird. Uh, back to the Air Force, two U.S. presidents, Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush, served as airmen. George right? W. Bush. Yep. Reagan served when the branch was still known as the Army Air Forces. And George W. Bush served in the Texas Air National Guard before transferring to the Air Force Reserve. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh, okay. Who was, who, was president, who was president when you were born, Jen? Just curious. I don't know. Was it Bush? George Bush? Ronald Reagan was president in 1988. Who was president when I was born? Was it Reagan? Was it Carter? Was it Reagan? But, oh, but, um, what was it? But then George H.W. Bush took over in 1990, 1989, I guess? 1989? Like, girl, I don't know. Don't ask me these Who was president when I was born? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Look at that. At least we were born in the same presidency. We were. Yeah. There we were. That's why we're such good friends, because we were under the same presidency. Yeah, because Reagan. Thanks, Reagan. Reagan. Good job, Reagan. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. Okay, so Marines in uniform are not authorized to put their hands in their pockets. I don't think anybody is. I don't think so either. That's I, I feel like that was a thing that I learned that... And Air Force is not allowed to do it either, so. Yeah. I think that's true for. I don't think anybody is. All military something. Um, Walt Disney created a special logo for the Coast Guard's Corsair fleet during World War II featuring Donald Duck. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's pretty cute. It's Donald Duck. I personally think that Disneyland should design all of the military uniforms and Um, all the patterns should be Mickey Mouse head. Just yeah. a different color camouflage. <laughs> yes. Can you spot right? the Mickeys? Can you spot the Mickeys in uh, seven shades of green? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be really mm-hmm. fun. And the stripes um, would be just ears, just, you know, in the in the shape of ears on their sleeves or their chest or wherever they carry their stripes. Now, I don't know. It changes so fast. Today I saw somebody walking towards me in like a blue uniform and I was like, oh my God, who changed their uniform already? And I couldn't, like, it, it looked like a digital pattern, but it was like a like a grayish blue color. And I was like, is that Navy? Is somebody wearing the old Navy uniform? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a Japanese national, like a, like oh, a um, yeah, military. Yeah. yeah, and I had never seen it before. So I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Yep. So it's kind of blue. That's a, I like blue. Blue's a nice color. Just not if it you're going a in nice the water. Color. Just don't go in the water with it. Don't fall overboard. I won't no. find you. No, you'll blend. You'll blend in. Speaking of Navy, in the Navy, there are no windows, walls, or bathrooms. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Uh, yeah, you're asking me, what, Jen, what? What are you talking about? So. Anywhere? <laughs> the Navy has rich 
jurisdiction, but don't get it mixed up. Ships don't have walls. They have bulkheads. And they don't have windows. They have portholes. Your left side is your port side, and your right side is starboard. The mess deck is where you eat, and the deck is where you walk. Above your head is an overhead, not a ceiling or a roof. If you need a toilet, you will find that in the head. The rack is where you sleep. What? Yeah, they have weird words. Why can't we just call them walls, toilet, kitchen? You gotta, like, (laughs) memorize a whole new language when you get into the Navy, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ever since Vietnam, Marine Amtrak crews will not eat apricots, which is considered bad luck. Ah, uh, I think I knew that one too. Interesting. So it's so crazy. Yeah, I love apricots. I know, right? I got some dried yeah. ones the other day. They're really good. Oh, yum! Yeah, fresh ones, dried ones. I just don't like the fuzzy, fuzzy skin like a peach. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like that. That just yep. I don't like that. But the fruit's good. The fruit itself is good. This one, okay, last one, last one. This was the one I was looking for. So, again, with the Navy, quite interesting. So, though tattoos are discouraged in today's Navy, they weren't Mm -hmm. always. For hundreds of years, sailors tattooed themselves as souvenirs to communicate their travels and their trials. For a short and non-comprehensive list below of imaginary you may encounter among sailors including the meaning so i'll just go through a couple of them so if okay so if they have a tattoo of a compass or a nautical star it means never losing one's way uh, each one uh notes ten thousand miles at sea so they've been on the sea for ten thousand miles interesting okay if they have a trident, it means a special warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have a rose, it means a significant other is left at home. Oh. Uh, oh, this is cool. Twin screws or props on one's backside. It, it, mean, they're, it means propelling one forward through life. Oh. Uh, if they have an I octopus, it means that they are a Navy diver. Oh. Okay. Let's see. Oh, if they have a tattoo of a polar bear, it means they sailed the Arctic Circle. Oh, wow. Oh, a dragon means they sailed the Pacific. Oh. Uh, if they have a turtle, it means they crossed the equator. Okay. Oh, a golden dragon means they crossed the international dateline. That's very cool. Oh, this one, a golden turtle means they crossed the international dateline and the equator where they intersect. Oh, very cool. That is interesting. Let's see. The golden turtle. If you see a Navy guy, a Navy sailor with hula girls, it means they sailed to or ported in Hawaii. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like that's not special. <laughs> if you see one that has fish tacos, that means they were in Southern California. Mmm. That sounds good. <laughs> I it's want just, that. It's a picture... It's a picture of an actual fish wrapped in a tortilla. Ooh. But the fish is still alive. So. Okay. Well, you know. You know what it means. Riddle me that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and last one. Let's see. Uh, an emerald turtle. It means they've crossed the prime meridian and the equator where they Into Oz! <laughs> <laughs> Not the emerald city. An emerald turtle. Oh. <laughs> 
from Oz. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's all I have. Just some silly fun facts um, um, about the different branches. That's cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Simple thing. Yeah, I like those fun facts. Yeah. I like those fun facts at the end. The tattoos. Fun fact Friday. But it's not Friday. The tattoos mean something. So. Yeah. That's pretty cool. See, that's what I do like. I like tattoos when they actually have meaning behind them. Do your tattoos have meaning behind them, Jen? Well, you know, when you get a tattoo at 18, you don't really think too much about meaning because you haven't really been around life that long to have meaning but i do have two roses on my shoulder and those represent my kids so oh that's sweet that's about it (laughs) oh wait but i do have an infinity sign on my ring finger so that's because you are forever married to david forever and ever and ever david Yeah, they are lucky. Those these men of ours are very lucky to have us, right? And I guess we're lucky to have them. They're so Whatever. honored to have us in their presence all the time, mm-hmm. every day. Yes, <laughs> yes, and that we bared their children for them. Y- yes, <laughs> and we put up with their children's bullshit every day uh, and their childish bullshit. Every yes, day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have any tattoos, so can contribute to that story that's okay yeah would like to get one one day i just can't commit you know it's a big thing yeah it's a big it's it's a big commitment exactly permanent ink on my body that i don't know if i could continue to look at for the rest of my life exactly just get a temporary tattoo you'll be fine those are fun those are fun i got a henna tattoo once (laughs) oh that's fun it was a butterfly you know why i when i was when I was younger, I was determined to get a Mickey Mouse tattoo on my back. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it. I was so under. Someone told me, wait a year. If you still want it within a year, then get it. And I did. And I was like, I still want it. I still. Want it. And now looking like I forgot about the fucking tattoo. I don't know how long ago, but looking back, I'm like, thank God I did not get that tattoo. Yes. What was I thinking? And, yeah. you know, all the tramp stamps and stuff that um they were so popular in the early 2000s mm-hmm. oh yeah i didn't do that either right do you have a tramp stamp i do not i just have a butterfly mm-hmm. on my on the left side left side of my hip yeah well good for you jen <laughs> yeah no that's you know 18 year old jennifer thought it was a great idea to do it and was it no uh, what am i supposed to fucking <laughs> do with a butterfly now like well, how do you add to that on your hip, yeah. what do you do? You don't. Someone you give put me ideas. A flower. <laughs> put a flower around it so it looks like it's landing. Oh, okay. On the flower, and it's your metamorphosis. I've maybe get maybe have a trail of of the butterfly life. So it's like caterpillar to butterfly. <laughs> it's a it's a lar- larva and then caterpillar and cocoon. then it goes into its cocoon and then that slimy portion where it's like coming out of the cocoon and then it's a butterfly. Yeah. And then it smashes into a windshield. Yes. As you're driving it and guess what? You're behind the wheel driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> This is my life. Because this is your life. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh. This is all a tattoo. You're tattooing yourself driving a car. Yes. And the butterfly who represents you is smashing into that windshield, but you're driving it. So you are in control of your own messes and that is okay. Wow. Look at you. Veronica, she's like a oh, – she just dropped her mic because it was beautiful. I dropped Seriously, mic. mic drop right there. <laughs> yeah. Right on my crotch. No, oh, there you go. <laughs> but you're in control, Veronica. You are in control. Yeah. Veronica 2024, people. There you Woo! go. I know. So it's still, I just need to have like a trail starting on the right side. So I have to get yes. into that tramp stamp mode. It's just going to be a belt going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just going to be a belt going around. Coming in full circle. Yeah, the butterfly um, in all its stages of life and then on the flower and then living its happy butterfly life with its (laughs) butterfly family. And then it goes off to work for the butterfly farm and there it meets his death. In the car. And then it dies. In your windshield. But not before, but not before laying a single egg on a flower to be reborn into the caterpillar. Is that how butterflies are born? Are there eggs? They're They're eggs. Well, uh, so I learned, I don't know, I learned it from the hungry caterpillar that we've been watching all week. That he came out of an egg. Monday, he ate one apple. Exactly. That should uh, should that should be my trail is the hungry caterpillar <laughs> first. <laughs> hungry caterpillar, yeah, yeah, and then it's gonna look like that one caterpillar from Bugs Life. Oh, yeah, that is my life. Yeah. That is the big chunky caterpillar. Yes, that is me. Yeah. With the tiny <laughs> wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the cycles of life, people, if yeah. you're a caterpillar. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Okay. Yep. Anyways, that's my story. That's it. Well, everyone, we love you guys. We love your support. Thank you for listening to another fabulous episode of Dependent Explaining. Yes. If you have any questions or comments or ideas, stories, something tattoo ideas tattoo regrets tattoo regrets <laughs> <laughs> um please feel free to email us at dependentsplaining at gmail.com and give us all of that that would be great or yes you can find us on facebook instagram twitter youtube uh you know everywhere we're when shields flowers. We are all over the place. On top of butterfly's wing. Yes. Smashed on your windshield. <laughs> uh, we're everywhere. Um, you can also find us on any of your listening platforms and make sure you rate and subscribe. Five stars. Because we love you and you love us. Yay. And Don't forget to vote. Yes. Don't forget <laughs> when that time comes around to vote. Veronica, because wherever you go, there There you you are. are. Goodbye. Goodbye.